Welcome to Back of Pushes Heavy Networking. Today's show is with Catchpoint and getting into digital experience monitoring. Now, those sound like marketing words and they might not mean much to most people. So I'm going to try and explain it for the Packet Pushes audience and have a go. And then maybe the Catchpoint folks can try and catch me up and tell me where I got it wrong. So digital experience monitoring is, to my mind, a modern version of network monitoring and visibility tools. The sort of thing that we've had for a couple of decades, but by taking a fresh look at the network APIs we've got for data, considering what can it be achieved with modern software development, we can just do things that we couldn't do before. Like what? Well, network monitoring is sort of conventional enough, but let's add in synthetic testing into the same product. Then endpoint agents can be integrated and add more context and more data to the data set and to the operational interface. And then add in real user monitoring, and that's sort of the developer Turk or developer words for um, actually injecting code into the app so that you can see the browser and application performance. And that then gets used to do things like monitoring the page load or monitoring the performance of a database lookup. So this uniqueness of digital experience monitoring, if you will, is the breadth of the visibility tools and unifying the data into a single operational interface. Once upon a time, each one of these four categories I just talked about would have been four different products. DEM or digital experience monitoring is kind of bringing them all together in my mind. So I've got one interface where I can monitor the application and the network, and I can monitor the network with a range of different data sources, flows, synthetic testing, network monitoring, as well as a whole bunch of synthetic testing capabilities. So I have this really rich data source and a single interface. That's my take, but let's hear from Catchpoint to get more detail on whether I have this right. Joining us today is Nick Casusis, who's the Chief Marketing Officer, Tony Farelli, who is the VP of Operations, to correct me and explain more. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Let's get right into it. So, uh, Tony, we talked first about uh, one of the things that you talked about as we prepped for the show was this idea of chasing ghosts and that the network, it's not easy to troubleshoot. What, let's, let's rehash that. Let's get going with that again. Yeah, I mean, just for a little background, I'm a network engineer, right? So I've been doing this for 30 something years now. And how many times as a network engineer have like application folks come up to you and said, hey, the network's, hey, something's slow. Our app is slow. It's got to be the network, right? Yep. And we're always the first people that get blamed. And really the network engineer then has to go dig into the data and actually figure out, is it actually the network or is it something else? Um, back in the day, I actually had T-shirts made up for my team that said, it's never the network, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so what we did is, you know, we, we would use tools. And this goes back to like the origins of Catchpoint too. So Mehdi Dowdy used to be a, a person at DoubleClick and DoubleClick was a, a, an ad serving company, right? Back in the mm -hmm. day. And I worked there also. So I've known Mehdi for 20, 20 something years now. And they would always come to us and say, there's a problem. And we'd say, okay, well, we need more information than things are just slow. And at the time, we were using tools like Keynote and Gomez. I don't know if these things strike a chord with anybody, but they would mm. do synthetic transactions to our ad serving platform and tell us that, hey, we're not serving that ad in like 200 milliseconds or less. And what yeah. they did is they had agents all over the world that would constantly probe, you know, constantly run transactions and say, hey, hey how fast is that ad being served? And that's all it would tell us. And then we would have to go dig into this platform that was really cumbersome to use and then figure out, hey, can I do a trace route? Hey, can I do mm. a ping? Right? <laughs> Which like is not really very helpful when 
Yeah, not very helpful when it's an image loading problem. Like the, the exactly banner. right. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. super useful to me. Hey, can I get a TCP yeah. dump or a, you know a run Wireshark or something? And it yeah. was always made things much more complicated. And so you'd have to dig into the problem. So like one of the things that Catchpoint does, I think, really well is it lets you do that synthetic transaction, but then it also backs up that data with trace routes, with pings, with DNS checks, right? Because we know modern applications are actually really, really complex. So so we have to have more data to be able to figure out what's going on and where the problem is. And Catchpoint well, really does well, a good job of pulling that up. Yeah, well, yeah. there's two sides to that. One is you need the data, but right. you also need to extract meaning out of the data as well. Correct. So, and I think I, I sort of alluded to it in the startup, which is you could, you could do synthetic testing and then give me an interface and the synthetic testing says something's broken. Right. But I need to go and check three other tools. Like you said, you have to do trace routes or pings or get a packet capture or, you know, try and correlate the SNMP data where the interface is overloaded. Is You know, it's that correlation of data Correct. that's all, yeah, that becomes- even more valuable. Yeah, I agree, man. It gets really, really complicated today. And we rely on humans a lot, right? You do that correlation, right? So somebody has to have enough knowledge to pull all that information together to be able to say where the problem is. And one of the things that we're trying to do at Catchpoint is make that easier for you, right? We're trying to help bubble up those problems so you know, oh, NS1 or Cloudflare is having a DNS problem or 8.8.8.8 on the Google side is having DNS issues. Right. We've actually found problems with like GTLD servers, right? Having issues, <laughs> right? And <laughs> DNS resolution times, right? So we're trying to give you the information that you can use then to be able to go open up tickets with your providers or actually know if this is a problem with our application. So we need to go deeper into that or if it's a problem with the network in between us. Okay, I'm done. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. I was right, kind of so waiting for Nick to. Yeah, so let me jump right in. Let me jump right in and add a couple of things here. So, just to the point about data and having multiple tools. So, the reality of it is that there's no shortage of tools within the enterprise, right? Within IT, they have hmm. tools coming out of their ears. In fact, there's too many tools, right? And the question is um, do you have too many tools? Do you have too much data? And often is being able to look, sift through the data and find out what the useful information is, where the, the problem is. And I mean, this is where we often hear from our customers, right? False positives is the number one problem that they're dealing with. You know, waking up in the middle of the night and getting 300 alerts that actually are false positives is not fun. So um, there's no shortage of data. There's no shortage of, shortage of tools. In fact, having a lot of data, inaccurate data, and a lot of uh, false positives is the least useful solution that you have. I'd rather yeah. have no data, mm. or having a little bit of useful data, than having a, a boatload of garbage. From that tools. was the lesson we learned from the first generation seams. Right. They'd collect all this data, and then you'd have this simple threshold alerting. If you got this many logs, then you'd throw it, and then you ended up just turning it off because it was just yeah. so annoying. And the thing... The other thing that's been happening in the industry over the last 10 years, right, monitoring is that the constant battle between uh, best of breed or uh, a platform. You know, should I go and uh, use the 10 best of breed tools out there or should I just go and focus on somebody who can provide everything? And the industry has been going back and forth on that. Some people are choosing the best of breed approach. Some people like to just deal with one vendor. Now, though, uh, the more and more we're seeing that people just don't want to have to deal with 10 vendors, right? So 
to the extent that I can find most of the data in one place and get all the answers or most of the answers I need in one place is kind of where people seem to be kind of converging to. I think there's a another inflection in the digital experience marketing, uh, digital experience monitoring, is that the tools are comprehensive. The, the previous best of breed might have had two tools or one tool, but right. there was nobody who was actually providing a full spectrum visibility capability before. It was always right. one company was doing this, flow monitoring, and another company yeah. was doing synthetic testing, and another company was doing packet capture to do deep analytics. And all of those approaches are great, but they what we always wanted, I think, was all of them to be able to do correlation of events so that you could know which one it was. And I think for me, synthetic testing has been something I've always wanted in networking because I want to be able to do tests 24 hours a day and find out if the the network is only going out at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon because somebody stops working at three o'clock in the afternoon and suddenly starts watching YouTube, you know, or whatever it might be, right? Yeah, so I did enterprise for a few years, right, at, at Google my last three years there. And, you know, one of the problems we always had was how can I guarantee when somebody walks into that office in the morning that VC is going to work, that video conference mm. is just going to work, mm. or that they can get to G Suite or whatever the mm. hell they call it now, right? And it, that was always a problem that we had. Like with network telemetry alone, you can't get that. So no. the network engineers have to have some visibility into, you know, up further up the stack to make sure that the network is doing what it's supposed to do, right? Especially as you add in proxies and and uh, um, and 802.1x and, and all these other tools that help you kind of manipulate and secure your networks. It actually gets really, really complicated to make sure that people can get to, to you know, get to what they need to get to. Right. right. I mean, all monitoring tech at the end of the day has the same objective, right? What is it? To ensure that the service is up and running and the user at the other end of the service gets to the service, right? So, but whether you're monitoring the network, the app itself, the user device, the infrastructure, whatever, the most important thing really that you have to be able to answer is, is the service up and running as far as the user is concerned? And are they getting a reliable service? And as you start looking at digital digital services and how competitive this whole world has become, not only do can they get to the service, but are they having a great experience and ultimately yeah, better experience right. than your competition. So unless Actually, it, the, my point would be is that if it's not working, that's okay because at least right. it's not working. Right. What's worse is um, the mean time to innocence of right. um, it's not working very well and nobody knows where to start looking. Nobody even knows if the user's just lying because right. there are users who say the app's just working slow today because they don't feel like, you know, they they got on the booze last night and they don't feel like <laughs> working, so they ring up the help desk. Yeah, classic one there is the difference between availability and reachability, right? We talk a lot about that, right? So I can have... APM tools coming out of my ears and the application is running smoothly and it's there and every transaction and like I monitor the code and the users can't reach it, right? So mm. being available doesn't mean it's reachable. So how is Catchpoint getting this information then? What what compromises, what comprises the, the, the solution? What's the... Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I t- take a very simple um, look at what needs to be uh, monitored here, right? So, I mean, it just break it up into the most sort of basic model, right? At the end of the day, on the left side, you have a user. And that could be a client of the company, could be an employee. And somehow they're trying to get to a service. And that service could be in a data center, 
could be at the cloud, it could be a SaaS, it doesn't really matter. And in between, you have a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff that, unfortunately, <laughs> most companies right now have zero control over. This isn't, you know, when I go back and think about when I started working in, 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 in enterprise, right, I was long time ago, right? I was going to my office, I would log into my desktop computer and I'll download my email and everything I did was within the data center, right? My email server was that right there and emails I was sending to my, my colleagues was just inside. Maybe I'll go over to the internet a little bit, a little bit to do some research, but that was just kind of an aside. So now it's like I'm at home and I'm buying stuff from Amazon and at the same time, I'm downloading my Outlook, my email through Office 365. There's no difference between me as, a, as an employee mm. and as a consumer. And all the stuff out there is completely outside the control of my IT. So back to answer your question, right? So uh, all this infrastructure that is delivering that service is outside the IT's control. And that's a black box as far as they're concerned. So at Catchpoint, we're trying to collect telemetry from the entire chain starting from my device as an employee or uh, my browser as a consumer. And we're trying to get as close as possible to the service and everything in between. And this is where that global network um, that we have and has come together. And Tony is very close to that. You can speak to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, so what we do is we take a really layered approach to the problem, right? So we stand up, we stand up nodes on every cloud provider and every, every region that they have. Right, so Google turns up a new metro in Australia. We, we want to turn up a node in that metro, right? So if you, as a customer, are hosting stuff there, you know that gives you kind of that purest experience baseline from a synthetic testing transaction perspective, right? So you're closest there, and then hmm. you can monitor from every other Google, you know, uh, presence around the world, right? So you want to go U.S. East, you want to do Central, you want to do West, it doesn't matter. Like we have a node that we stand up there, whether you're on Oracle, AWS, Azure, uh, IBM, Tencent, Alibaba, like we want nodes on all those providers and all their locations. And then the and then we take another step in, right? And we look at like the major tier one backbone providers. So level three or Lumen or whatever you want to call them now, right? <laughs> we try to stand up nodes in like a metropolitan area like New York, and we'll have direct connections to Lumen. We'll have direct connection to Verizon. And we stand mm -hmm. up nodes on those individual networks. Because what we want to be able to tell you is when Lumen's having a problem, like they did several weeks ago, I want mm -hmm. that node to fail hard. Right? So that's because like I, monitoring the internet. Effectively, you're correct. monitoring the internet. Exactly it's a public right. network. Exactly, yeah. so, th exactly right. so this is a really key because I've come to the conclusion recently that the idea of monitoring a private network is, well, we do that, but there's a difference between designing, uh, fundamentally private networks about designing networks that emulate wires yep. and moving mm -hmm. to the internet is fundamentally about networks that are, use packets, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a whole mindset difference. And the answer is in a packet, packet network, not a network that's got packets underneath and we emulate wires over the top of it, which is what actually MPLS does, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then all of a sudden, you don't actually have performance guarantees. And with the internet, you even have less performance guarantees. So visibility tooling becomes critical because you can have a situation where your app might be performing badly, but uh, South Antarctica could be performing particularly badly because some of their internet infrastructure is down. Maybe one of the cables, is, undersea cables has failed or exactly. there's a DNS outage in that region. And you need 
you know, in the old days, we paid MPLS providers to give us what was nominally service guaranteed. When we move to the internet, we save money, but we also need to counteract for the, that platform, for the weaknesses of that. And let's understand each backbone provider, each person that's providing that transit connectivity or the peering, like those are relationships between those providers. They're driven by business rules, but they're not all the same, right? There might be peering problems between, you know, a particular content provider and a particular backbone network. And that's going to yeah. affect you, right, as a user, but you won't have that visibility, right? Because all you know, all you the only way you'll get those complaints is from your users. And so yeah. what we're trying to do is give you extra visibility into those areas because we'll also do tier two and tier three providers too. So we have a notion of what we call backbone nodes. We have cloud nodes. We'll actually do what we call last mile nodes. So we'll ask mm -hmm. people to host these nodes inside their houses, right? Yeah. You know, and we'll pay a nominally fee, nominal fee for them to host that thing. But then that gives you like the visibility from a consumer perspective also, right? Okay. So, so what does that monitoring look like? Let's just dive into the technology of that a little bit. Is that flow data that you're collecting there? Is it, are you running HTTP queries, synthetic testing? Are you doing packet? How does that look? Yeah. Let, let me let me take that one, Tony, and then you, sure. you can jump in. And, and I was thinking as you were, uh, were talking earlier that the, that, that the major transition that's happened here is, uh, is means that the, the old network monitoring paradigm just doesn't uh, work to the internet service delivered model, right? So back into the old days, right? Where everything is with, was within your control. You can put packet capture devices and engines everywhere in the data center. You're collecting packets from your serve, from your network, local, you know, every branch office, even NetFlow, you had all the data coming out of your ears and you were in control of your network and that's it. Mm. Now, fast forward to where all the apps were just, all the data centers were ripped out and moved to the cloud. I mean, I remember the old, uh, not that long ago, because I used to work for a company called Riverbed, which was very strong on NPM and Packet and Wireshark, we mentioned mm -hmm. all that, where uh, people, uh, enterprise clients will come to us and said, listen, you know, I don't run my exchange server in locally anymore. It's moving into SaaS or it's moving into the cloud. Give mm -hmm. me a solution that allows me to collect packets from the cloud. And then you look at that and you're thinking, that's just not viable. What are you going to do with packets? Are you going to send packets from AWS into your data center? I mean, that's yeah. just not going to work. So the old paradigm just doesn't work anymore, right? So this mm. is where we come into play because our nodes do the hard work. Our nodes are already located in key places where you don't need to collect packets and send them over into your monitoring platform, okay. right? Right. So that right. is the next question is, how do you make that data right. meaningful to me? So if I'm... Sure. An, uh, an enterprise and I'm based out of London, you've got nodes all over the world. How does your interface present that data? Do, do you just suddenly tell me that there's a failure in a system or do I have to do some sort of configuration to make that meaningful? Yeah, so I mean, think about this global network that we have, which is public, the public uh, nodes, but we also have the ability to let our customers take our node technology in and locate it or um, install it wherever they want. If, they, if they're having a service running in the cloud in AWS, they can put nodes right next to us, right next to the service. Okay, that's just one thing. All that data that we're collecting from the public nodes, which is synthetic monitoring data, but is also, which can, it does full stack transaction monitoring, meaning that execute a full transaction from layer seven all the way down to the network trace routes and all the network protocols. I'm hitting your service and I'm collecting all this telemetry, which is then 
is sent over to the um, into the management uh, data center that we have, which is uh, presented to the user via portal. Right? It's a SaaS service, right? You don't have to install consoles. Uh, you're there. Uh, you can decide the frequency of the test. You can decide exactly what you're going to test, what protocols you're going to test, uh, the, uh, the, what types of tests you're going to run, and, and then we collect the results on, on your behalf and you see the results. So that's basically the model that's done, right? So you don't have to install any telemetry. You don't have to collect any telemetry. You don't have to install any management console stations. It's there for you. Uh, you decide on what you want to test, how often you're going to test it, and what you're going to monitor. So you're able to tell me if I'm seeing a problem that is network related, i.e. there's congestion on a link from my local ISP into some peering exchange versus what's an application problem in that this database is responding slowly to this application server? Is that the kind of distinction? That, that's I'm right. That's right. Let's look at the scenario, right? Let's say that, um, you know, I'm troubleshooting an employee issue. I have uh, our, one of our endpoint agents sitting on the employee device and uh, I have the ability now with Catchpoint to literally through traceroute do a hop-by-hop -hop analysis from the device of the employee all the way into the server and do hop-by-hop analysis and find a problem if it's a networking problem. Um, if the server is not responding, I'll be able to see. If the response is slow, I'll be able to see. If there's a local networking issue through the Wi-Fi or the access point on the router, I will be able to see. If there's a CPU uh, memory utilization and device itself, I'll be able to see. Um, so you have that full visibility, but everything starts from the vantage point of the user. Can the user get to the service? If they can't get to the service, is it a server problem? Is it a network problem? If it's a network problem, exactly where is it? So you're not actually a network monitoring company as such. You're actually more of a user experience monitoring, just in case we've gotten distorted somewhere along the path. That, that, that would be fair. So I guess if your question is, do we collect network telemetry like packets and flow? Uh, the answer is no. We don't rely mm. on uh, network telemetry uh, to uh, identify problems with a network, not real network traffic. Um, yeah. But in terms of what we test um, and in terms of um, how we identify problems with a network, we're absolutely testing you know, network protocols. Right. We're generating- Correct. The nodes all around the place, and you, you've got that footprint because you have the nodes rollout so far around the network. Yeah, yeah. and um, we let you, and we let you define what nodes you want to run things from. So I think you know uh, Nick made the point before. So you can actually host our nodes inside of your network, right? So your enterprise network. So you mm -hmm. put one of these in all your offices, and you want to test employee interaction with Salesforce, right? You can set up a synthetic transaction that actually logs in logs into Salesforce, does some things and logs back out again and actually measure that time frame. And I think synthetic, like you kind of talked about it in the beginning, synthetic kind of gives you that baseline, right? That, yeah. that heartbeat of what's happening in your network. And so if that varies, then you can start looking at the other conditions that are influencing it, right? Well, and the time. other thing about synthetics, if I get this right, you also have an end user agent as well. So you can install your Correct. Correct. Um, product directly into your end devices. So in the working from home era or the distributed working era, as I like to call it, yep. because you're not working from home, you're working. You yeah, just have that, to be more distributed than you used to be, right? That's right. Um, that's right. The agent that sits on the device of the employee can act as a synthetic uh, agent, right? Meaning that it can run instant tests, uh, you can run uh, schedule tests, you can run trace routes, but it also collects passive 
passive data, right? So CPU memory, Wi-Fi, signal strength, um, as well as metrics from the browser. So the ROM piece comes into it. So it's both passive and active, which is pretty mm -hmm. unique in the industry. Uh, most of the endpoint uh, solutions out there are just passive. You know, well, the, the, you know, the device crashed. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. The employee mm -hmm. cannot access the mm -hmm. server. Okay, well, that's too late by that time. But if mm -hmm. I, with the ability to run both active, uh, collect active and passive uh, data from the endpoint, I can ideally uh, identify an issue before the user notices it, right? Well, I think the you know there's a problem with the video conferencing server. Well, let me just run an instant test and identify yeah. what the problem is. Well, maybe the server needs to be rebooted. Okay, well... Okay, I can do that. You couldn't do that with a passive solution because you wait until the employee complains that there's a problem. Yeah. Um, actually, there's only other point that I want to make there about synthetic because uh, you know synthetic has been around for a while, uh, well, mm. for at least twenty years, and yeah, uh, there is, there is synthetic and there's a synthetic. I mean, pinging a device is synthetic monitoring. I can ping something. Well, that's a synthetic transaction. You know, that's like. That's not really um, going to tell me what the problem is. What we do and what we've developed over the last 12 years is a, a full stack synthetic ability. I can start from user experience and see what their experience. I open up a full browser and I can execute a full transaction all the way to every single network protocol that you can think of that we can test. So it's a full stack transaction in addition to obviously running those synthetic transactions from all these nodes that we have uh, starting from the endpoint uh, all the way into being right next to potentially where the service is hosted. So there's a difference between <laughs> some of the synthetic solutions that are out there and what Catchpoint can do. So I want to make sure I understand, just to give myself a picture, we're talking about, I guess, sure. three domains here. There's the application right. domain, which you guys can do the synthetic testing to see how the sure. application is performing. There's the right. WAN domain where you can see, am I running into network issues at my local ISP or uh, one of the bigger peering companies? And then there's the user domain where I can see what are the conditions locally on that endpoint, a laptop, a PC, whatever, be it CPU, RAM, be it uh, Wi-Fi strength, et cetera. So I get these this visibility into three separate domains. That's right. That that's a good way of putting it. Um, I mean, uh, think think of our synthetic uh, monitoring capability that falls into uh, you know two buckets, right? three buckets rather. And just to kind of uh, extend from what you said, first and foremost, we have 850 global locations. These are you know locations that are within our control. These are nodes that we have in, in data centers. And you know, from, an, from a client perspective, all, all you have to do is decide where you want to test from, what you want to test, and off you go. You don't have to do anything as a, as a client, mm -hmm. right? Off you go, uh, start testing and start collecting results. So that's, that's a, a major, major um, uh, advantage that we have over, say, having to install a, 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 a testing location. The second one is, um, if you if you want if you have office locations where you want to be running uh, synthetic monitoring locations, we have we give you the ability to uh, take our node and testing technology and install it on prem. Mm -hmm. That's if you care. You know, I have twenty branch offices and I want to make sure that they can get to the services. That can be also extended into the data center if you care about first mile availability, right? I have you know, services that are running in AWS or Google or whatever, and I want to make sure that right there, the service is available. You can in, uh, deploy our on-prem technology right there. And lastly, as you said, to the endpoint of the employee, 
where we can run both uh, active transactions, but we also collect a bunch of passive data. And the last thing I want to say, which is uh, beyond the synthetic and the active, is our RAM solution, because you need RAM too for your clients, right? If I, I want to know if I have a website, what my clients are experiencing. So RAM is the only way that I can get that sort of real user experience. And we're also collecting RAM. So essentially, you now have all this telemetry that is thrown into the same analytical engine and through the portal that we give uh, access to customers, they, they be able to have that full visibility that we were talking about earlier. So this then ties back to the whole chasing ghost notion. If a user says Office 365 is slow, you can start digging in. Is it something on the endpoint? Is it something on the WAN? Is it something actually with Office 365? Yep. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And then from there, That's you the dig key. into the appropriate domain. Yeah, and the nice thing about endpoint too that the, that I you know I just want to make sure that we mention is we also look at that home network too, right? So mm -hmm. just simple things that that IT now doesn't have to go ask that user to do who may not be that savvy, right? Like you want to ping the default gateway to make sure that that local network is clean. You can actually mm -hmm. do that. Endpoint actually takes care of that for you, right? And then we can share that information with IT. So when that user goes and calls in, right? IT now actually has actual data about what it's looking like from that client's perspective, wherever they are, right? And then if you're in an office location, how many times have like we've had like a single AP is having an issue and you don't really know, right? Because it's not coming through the network telemetry. We actually share with you like, hey, there's 20 clients on this BSSID, right? And all these clients are having slowness issues. Maybe a network team should go look at that, that AP and take it offline for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. So it actually is a pretty powerful tool set that now you can use, right, to help troubleshoot things either happening in your enterprise or happening with your users at home. I may be stating the obvious here, but <laughs> let's face it, right, with COVID, um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example here, which is just Catchpoint. We have about 260 employees and we have uh, three or four different office locations uh, one in New York, one in Boston. We have a big location in Bangalore and then an office in London. Um, and all of a sudden, March 15 came, March 16, all the offices were shut down. So we went from being most of us in four different locations to being in 266 home <sighs> locations, right? So trying to now, if I was if I was relying on local branch office telemetry uh, to make sure that the services were delivered to the, all the employees, well, that I can't rely on that anymore. How do I know, how do I troubleshoot a, you know, Tony's issue with uh, Zoom or Tony's issue with Microsoft Teams? Because I, I need telemetry and I need the ability to see all the way into a Tony's device. And that's why right now, whether we like it or not, being able to reach all the way to the employee device is just not just critical, but is essential. Um, I mean, you can look at network telemetry app telemetry, but at the end of the day, you're just not going to know. So this is mm. why I think I feel so passionate about the the, the need to... Well, go ahead. I, go ahead. I, I've, worked with, I've worked with synthetic yep. testing solutions 20 years ago. They were mm. very primitive. Right. But I um, one of the things that happened was I became a power broker in IT because I could see things nobody else could see. Right. And <laughs> I was going to, the, going to people, like to the telcos and saying, your network's broken here, here's the data. And they'd have mm -hmm. to sit there and go like, okay, uh, well, we have to fix that then. And then I'd go mm -hmm. to the the exchange server and say, oh, look, here, I've been doing testing on your server 
and Mm -hmm. we can show that the response time blows between these times of day. It's definitely not the network, it's you. And then it kept going. And all of a sudden I became a major power broker. Um, It was a real, actually quite a sense of fun because (laughs) people hated me when I turned up because I was probably going to give them a very bad day. (laughs) And they couldn't just blame it on something, you know, like. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just. That's just spot on, and and yeah. ex- which is comes down to the 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 whole notion of uh, the more the more reliant we are to SaaS uh, as an organization, and how do I hold my providers accountable? At at what you know what data am I using to prove to them that the you know the service sucks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 this is where you know to your point, right? The the having data from directly from the vantage point of the user. Of the actual yeah. employee is critical and is essential. I mean, you know, if my Zoom, if my, if my, all my employees in Massachusetts, for example, have office a problem with accessing Zoom, then I have the data right there in front of them, right? The metrics to prove to them that there's something wrong with the service. It's it's not debatable. Here's the data to prove it. You've got to do something exactly, about it. Yeah. So yeah. It's absolutely, you know, if you've got data, you can nail your service provider, you could nail the internet provider. Right. You can nail your cloud provider at the very at the very most simplistic level. You can then say like it's the cloud provider, mm-hmm. and there's nothing we can do about it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's all yeah. go home. Right? Because yeah. the cloud provider is immutable. They're bigger than yeah. you, and they don't care if you're having problems. Your problems aren't their problems, right? Mm-hmm. But if you've got problems with an ISP in a rural area, when you know like uh, certain of the, the of the ISPs in America, for example. Just mm-hmm. because that's on my mind at the moment, because somebody's been complaining that a certain telco in America has got a diabolical reputation for bad um, home networking. Oh come on, which one? You got to tell them. <laughs> you can't keep that a secret. Or I could probably tell you a few, actually. Well, we could start with all of them and just yeah, keep yeah going exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> but actually, there's, a, there's an important point here I want to make because we're talking about the data and the importance of having data from the vantage point of the user, but um, but that in itself is not enough mm. because, because I could, if, if I, if that's the only data point that I had that the data from the end user device, I wouldn't necessarily be able to tell you whether it was my local service provider that was the problem or whether it was the, you know, the backbone provider or mm-hmm. whether it was the SaaS provider. Yeah, right. yeah. And mm-hmm. this is where, where the data set that we have through the public notes that we have um, and everything else that we mentioned in combination with the data that we have from the endpoint is unique because there you can pinpoint where the issue is. And I also think it's important to, that we should talk about like the SaaS providers themselves, right? As everybody's moving their application into cloud, some of these folks don't actually have the networking skills anymore, right? They don't have a network engineering team. They've they've abdicated well, they've that a, to the cloud provider. A, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so part of what we do is like as application developers use our use our tool, right? They can actually see what's happening from a network perspective from outside those cloud providers, right? And then we can help give them data that they can then go feed back to the cloud provider and say, hey, listen, your connectivity is kind of shit to AT&T. Go fix it. Right. Right. You know, yeah. What's happening with that? And then they're not just saying, hey, there's a problem with AT&T. They're going to show them trace routes. They're going to show them pings. They're going to show them DNS times. They're going to give them more complete data so you can actually go hold your cloud provider to task. And these folks are not network engineers anymore. Right. They're mainly application yeah. developers. Well, they don't care what happens on the Internet. That's not their problem. Exactly. But, it is their problem. but they have yeah. to care. Right. They really have yeah. to start caring. Right. Yeah. 
Well, at the very least, you can at least hand data, you can separate who's responsible. Correct. So mean time to innocence is a key key point for me. Mm-hmm. Is it the, res- you know, if I have to go to a reseller and say, help me find this problem, you've already lost. Yeah. This, this has to be in-house because it might not be the reseller's problem. It might be your cloud provider. It might be Azure. It might be AWS. Yep. It might be the internet provider. But yeah. which internet provider? Is it a local one? Is it a backbone yes. one? And, and, then, and then DNS providers and CDN providers, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of complexity that goes into applications nowadays. It's nowadays. It's really important to give them information to help them figure out where the problem is. Right. right. Like, and that's what we try to help them do. Speaking of information, if we look at this from a slightly different perspective of rather than Greg sort of Dr. Doom showing up with bad news for everybody, if I'm in a more <laughs> DevOps environment. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what you're trying to say there, Dave. <laughs> you enjoyed it. Admit it. You enjoyed it. Um, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> in a more DevOps kind of environment where I'm, I'm, as a networking side of the house, I may be getting a perspective into application performance that the developers and the ops team may not. Uh, could I use this in a more collaborative sense to say, hey, guess what? We're seeing some issues with the application. Here's what we're seeing. Can we roll this into whatever it is that you folks are working on now to improve this application? Absolutely. I mean, to me, this helps kind of bridge the gaps between the different groups and stops the finger pointing because you actually can share real data that the other team cares about. Right. So it's not just talking to DevOps, it's talking to the network team. It might be talking to the SA team and it's not keeping the information siloed. So you don't just get something that comes over the wall that says it's slow. Right. Mm -hmm. We talked about that in the beginning. This is actually, hey, hey, listen, I've looked at the network side and my trace routes look good. My pings look good. DNS times look great. uh, But first time to connect to to this server is having an issue. Right. Help me troubleshoot mm. that problem. And the fact that you can pinpoint a specific server office also helps, you know, uh, the, the quality of the QA team or the dev team or whatever, so that they aren't hunting around in their logs or whatever to find out the problem. You can bring them a solution, essentially, yep. if not a solution, at least which haystack to dive into to find the needle. Correct. I mean, this this um, problem that we often talk about, right, which is, you know, I have 12 tools monitoring everything that I need to monitor and everything looks green, but there is a problem. It's a real problem, you know, in, in industry, in, in, in knocks and in, you know, in socks and customers are having these problems where, you know, it's a real challenge to try and pinpoint what the problem is when there's an outage, when perhaps a portion or the majority of the tools are telling you that everything's green. So, uh, you know, that, and, and we, for years now, Many vendors are trying to create this whole single pane of glass where you have all the data coming in. Um, the, the the problem, the, the the way that the industry has evolved where everything is delivered over infrastructure that you have control over is that you no longer have the data. It's a black box. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's super important to wear synthetic monitoring and having access to a, a very distributed and a very broad a public network of nodes, which we have, is essential. There's no other way around it. You know, you, you, there's no. If you want to be in control of, if you want to start getting visibility into the black box, obviously you can't rely on your service provider. Synthetic monitoring and a third-party um, uh, node of networks, uh, network nodes, like we have, is the only way to get visibility. So this is mm-hmm. why now synthetic is becoming increasingly important for services that are delivered over the internet, cloud services, SaaS services. Um, so <laughs> it's a real problem for the industry, though, getting the data. Well, 
And and just to add to that, um, you know, like look at the problem of is you want to enter a new market, right? Like a lot of people want to enter China, right? China is a marketplace. Well, how do you know who's the best providers? Who should I go with from a CDN perspective? How do my mm. DNS times look? We actually have like a large footprint of nodes that operate within China. So you can actually do some speculative work before you actually commit and sign contracts with different providers. Right? I think we have over 40 nodes right now within mainland China. So you can actually run tests. You can actually see impacts of like the Great Firewall, like if you need to bring stuff back, you know, traffic back to the United States. So you can actually test things out beforehand, right? And it's not just web tests. It's, you know, it's synthetic you tests. Any TCP file. Yeah, yeah, any TCP protocol, the... right? Like just test it out beforehand and it gives you that opportunity to do some speculative work beforehand. And that's really important because when you're testing through firewalls, ping tests stop being meaningful. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and this is just an example. It's not an absolute, but the classic one is you test through a firewall and a ping test shows you the, the firewall doesn't do any inspection on pings. It passes them through. Right. But you might be going through a WAF function on the same firewall for HTTPS and it's injecting 100 milliseconds of latency for yeah, it's just... as the packet's yeah, just, just last week, it was troubleshooting problems in Kuwait and Egypt where TCP trace routes weren't working, and it ends up they were doing some higher-level TPI right on those packets beforehand, and that's why some of those some of those things weren't working. We talked to the provider. We found out, oh, you turned that thing on. Can you please turn it off? I would like a pure internet experience for our nodes. <laughs> right? I don't need but like, your value-added services. <laughs> like your your value-added <laughs> services is not wanted here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's hard to work that stuff out sometimes, you know, because immediately a customer might come to us and say, oh my God, Kuwait, there's a problem. And I go like, yeah. okay, let's dig into the problem. Let's figure out what it is. And it just, like mm -hmm. I said, it turned out to be providers trying to do some value-added services or, you know, like we're kind of living in an age where nation states are kind of taking more proactive control yeah. over traffic within their regions, right? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why we like our node presence is because we can see stuff like that as it's happening. And this, and I think the, the other part here because we're sort of getting to the end of what we can cover today and we've got more podcasts coming up with Catchpoint in the future so if you want to hear more stay on with the backup pushes or of course go and talk to Catchpoint but the other thing here is that there's no tool sprawl here you haven't this is all one platform Catchpoint runs it you're on the hook for making it work in a, in a very real way I don't have to roll out you know pieces of hardware to every single side to perform the testing except where it makes sense for me to do so Right, exactly right. And even even the, 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 the we're talking about the agent for the employee sales software. It can be downloaded and installed to literally thousands of employees' devices with a click of a button. Right. So, um, and in in the cases where you you want to run synthetic transactions from within your data center or within a branch office. You know, you can run it on a on a on a on a container if you want to. But if if you want us to simplify it for you, you can just we can give you one of our nodes and you can literally install it. You know, so just to make it easy. So there is a hardware component there, but you know, just simply because people we want to make it easy for people. But the the critical piece of uh, time to value here is that you know any of our clients, any of our prospects can can test the performance of website or a service within minutes. Right now. You can go and run tests to test the performance of the Packet Pushes website if you want to. And we mm -hmm. can tell you what the performance is from Australia versus Kuwait or, you know, England or, you know, San Francisco. I mean, right now we can just go and run the test and it will take five minutes. And so that's the beauty of it, right? It's, it's the infrastructure is right there. The data collection architecture is tried and tested. 
the mm. quality of results and who we connected to is just tried and tested over the last decade or more. There's nothing for you to do. And that's the, that's the, really the, the major differentiation here. One of the products that I noticed that you changed about a year ago is you started to do something with the BGP functionality and extracting data from the BGP system. I think that's something to worth talking. We talked about a lot of synthetic testing over the internet, but you're also getting data, if you like, from inside the internet by using BGP. Yeah. So, I mean, right now we have about 500 different vantage points to BGP tables from around the world. Uh, I think one of the things that we do that's unique is we not just take things from like route views and ripe and stuff like that that are publicly available feeds. We'll also go out and directly peer with providers, uh, not advertise any routes to them, but just take in their BGP tables. Mm. And the advantage I think that gives us in, in our BGP platform is you actually get real-time monitoring of what's happening out there in the wild from your routes perspective. Right. So you put in your AS number, you have a number of routes that you advertise out. We can actually watch it from different perspectives all over the world. And I think the clear differentiator we have is since we have private peering with a, with a bunch of providers, we can actually give you real-time updates of what's happening. So if there's a route hijack or if you have routes that are flapping or anything like that, you know, you'll get to see that visibility right away. Right. And it's all built into the platform and it couples really nicely with, uh, you know, with the synthetic monitoring that we do. Right. So we can actually watch your destinations, but we actually can watch the advertisements that you're using on those destinations to tell you what's happening with your network. So mm -hmm. I really think that's a, a really valuable advantage. You couple that with the power of trace routes and actually giving you visibility yeah. into yeah. the ASs that that you're passing through. Um, that really becomes super valuable information as problems happening to feedback to your ISPs or even yeah. their upstream. Neighbors. And that's really important. And it's it's something that once upon a time was a tool in its own right. Correct. And now it's just a feature. Yeah. Catch point. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like this is what, and this comes back to your platform view or the, the position that I sort of espoused in, in the opening, which is um, the idea that network monitoring is a group of tools one of this, one that does this, one that does this, is um, that, and this approach, the cash point approach is to say, you actually want them all in one thing. And then once you do, you can start to add features incrementally, obviously, because you get to a certain size and a certain revenue where creating BGP monitoring of the global network and understanding, you know, hang on, these, this BGP route is suddenly being pulled. That's going to cause a problem. That's a, that's a substantial piece of work. Right. And especially feature, like, right? yeah, and especially like localities too, right? Because it might be a regional problem. It may not be a global problem, right? And, you know, a lot of monitoring systems today won't catch that because they're not using as many feeds as we're using today, right? So we're really trying to crawl into like the edges of the internet to make sure mm -hmm. that we give you visibility that like in a region like China, and I'm still working on getting BGP feeds for China, um, yeah. but like, you know, like it's super interesting to see what's happening there at a local level. Right, rather than just you know global tables may be stable, but regional ones may not be. So. Right, and that's the advantage of this this sprawling, from the sounds of it, this enormous network of um, yeah. nodes around that are doing testing, synthetic testing, gathering data, and then sending it up to the catch point system, which I can then, and then I have this vision that you've got all this data here, and I can now pull that into my console. Yep, I can decide what part of that data set and I can to extract meaning from. 
Yeah, and, and I don't I don't think we talked enough about that. Like you can easily use yeah. our console for that or you can import it into what you want to use, right? So things like Sumo Logic or Splunk or something like that, all this data is exportable, right? So you can integrate it with your other data sources, right? So it's API ready. I could even hack yep. something of my own on top of it. Presumably. Yeah, you want you want a node to send you webhook data, like we can we can arrange for that also, right? So there's a lot of interesting things that you can do with the data because like I think you said it in the beginning, right? Like correlation of events is really becoming key. We want to get to problem, we want to understand a problem faster. And the only way you're going to be able to do that with all the data that's out there is to correlate it somehow, right? So we need tools yeah. that can do that well. Yeah, mean time to innocence. I have to be informed and smart enough to say, this is what I'm trying to achieve. This is what I want. It's not enough to go like, oh, the internet problems, this internet slow in, uh, right. you know, in, in, in Wales, in the UK. What does that mean? I don't right. know. <laughs> Do <you> know? <laughs> There's a lot of people who wouldn't even know that Wales is a country, you know, like it's a part of the United Kingdom, <laughs> yeah. right? It's much less. Oh, <laughs> you know. I've been to Wales. I've been to Wales. Nice country, it's nice country. A lovely place, lovely um, place. Well, I think we should start to wrap that up here. We're hitting our time limit for today. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Nick and Tony, and talking to us, and I hope that people – uh, can sort of get a sense of what Catchpoint could do. But uh, Nick, um, if people want more information on this, where can they go? What can they do to get more? Yeah, the easiest place to start would be our website, www.catchpoint.com. And uh, there's a couple of things that you can do right off the bat there to just get a flavor of how we can help you. The easiest way to start would be to start a, a, t a test drive. Uh, you literally click on something, you, you give us your email address, we sign you up, we give you access to a test account, and it, you get access now to a lot of our capabilities right there. Um, it's an assisted workflow, and you know we have a Pendo workflow on top of that. You can just see what data we collect and what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, the next step, if you want to take it further, just contact us and we set you up with a, a full trial, a free trial. Um, and then we can start focusing on what problem you're trying to solve. So we can actually do a proper POC free trial where you can actually start seeing exactly how we can tailor the solution to your problems. So start with a test right. drive. You don't need to talk to a salesperson. Then if you want to take it a step further, right, set up a call with us and we can set you up with a free test, free trial. I like that because I don't automatically get somebody annoying me and trying to set up an appointment. Exactly. I can, I can. I can give it that suck it and see test to see if it's, exactly I can get that. Right. Exactly and then right. you've you've got a wizard there to help me walk through that first part of the engagement. There's probably the shortest time to something useful in there and you can see the interface, which a lot of these, it's very difficult to talk about DEM products on a podcast because a lot of it's in the visual stuff. So the demo yes. might be exactly the right thing. Well, thank you so much to Catchpoint for sponsoring today's show. We couldn't be here without them helping us to be in business to bring you this sort of a whole smorgasbord of technical podcasts that we have across the Packet Pushes network. We also have a community blog on our website at packetpushes.net. You can follow us on Twitter as at Packet Pushes. And again, contact Catchpoint at catchpoint.com. That's exactly the way it sounds, catchpoint.com. And remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>